Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the EKN Debrief, episode number 30, August the 7th, 2018. Hello, my name is Rob Howden, joined, as always, by David Cole. We are looking at the USPKS event, the Hoosier Grand Prix, the United States Pro Kart Series finale, Newcastle Motorsports Park in Newcastle, Indiana. David was there. They did the coverage all weekend long. And uh, we're going to break it down. We're going to ha- let David kind of fill us in on what happened uh, on the track, in the paddock, and uh, we'll look forward to more of the stuff that's happening here in 2018. Today's show is pre- being presented by IAMI USA. IAMI USA is the importer and distributor of the hottest two-cycle engine program in American karting, featuring the X30, KA100, and Swift engines, which can be found at club, regional, and national racing events from coast to coast. IAMI USA's dedication to quality and customer service is second to none. IAMI is also a proud supporter of programs such as the USPKS, WK Manufacturers Cup, F-Series Gear Up Challenge, and the Supercarts USA Pro Tour Winter Series and Pro Kart Challenges. David, speaking of the USPKS, their finale, uh, first and foremost, dropping down to a three-event program this year. Um, This was a finale uh, it seemed like this was a really good approach by Mark Coach and the crew here for 2018. It was. That's something we've talked about throughout the season is the number of races that we have here on the eastern side of the country. There's from January to December, there's racing nearly every weekend somewhere, whether it be regional, club, or national. So it's it's a very packed schedule, uh, and especially with the USB chaos kind of being the in-between because it's not SCUSA, but it's not WK. They're kind of caught in the middle there, and rather than having the four events that they've typically had over the first five seasons, uh, this year they decided to go with just three. And I think it's really paid off in terms of people being able to to pencil in the three events uh, to their schedule because it's they were at optimal times. Obviously, this this weekend this event was two weeks before summer nats that helps, but also being in the summertime it helps too. Uh, and then you add in the Ocala and GoPro events. I think it's kind of got a good mixture of different regions, different times in the in the year. And, uh, you know, it, it obviously paid off with with what they had was their best event of the year. Yeah, I, I like the three event program uh, primarily because, you know, it does kind of mirror what the Supercarts USA does with their pro tour, right? Three races. Same with US, USPKS, three races. So if there's a guy who's a regional Guy, he can run some regionals, you know, run the Route 66 series if he wants or whatever it may be. And then it's not that hard, as you said. You can pencil those three races in. And I think that was a great call. And I think was it's a good move forward for USPKS. And, and obviously great to see them uh, draw a bunch of entries as well. Now, as always, Dave, let's set the stage, paint the picture. <laughs> what was the weather like it was this perfect, time around? Perfect weather conditions. You know, it's <laughs> nice, right? You know, no, nothing like what you've had in Texas or what we had in Phoenix. And it wasn't the on-off rain that we've seen at other events on the year. Uh, we did have a threat of some rain on Sunday. Luckily, that held off to the evening hours. But the weather conditions were perfect for racing. Uh, not too warm. Sun was shining all day Saturday. And then brought, you know, obviously it came out for most of the day on Sunday till the clouds came over. Dave, you mentioned that the uh, the race was a couple of weeks before. What is this weekend coming up? The Scusa Summer Nationals. Obviously, a great opportunity for drivers who are in the in that championship battle to you know get in there to the finale for the USPKS the the uh, Hoosier Grand Prix and get in there and you know get it done and go to get the championship but at the same time if you're in the any of the the IAMI classes 
you're tuning up for Summer Nats as well. It's it's actually just a really well positioned race for the series and for any of the drivers who are you know battling for a, a Scusa championship as well. Well, be, with USPKS being IAMI only, uh, certainly helps them uh, being in the position they were two weeks before the Summer Nats. And and as we uh, get the entry list for the Summer Nats, we see a lot of the same people that were at USPKS are going to be be there this weekend. Uh, at Newcastle. So it's, you know, it's a good, it, it's a long two weeks for some of the teams, but uh, you know, it's, it's not bad to just drop the trailer off, you know, come back a week later. It's a little bit easier than, than being there for either, you know, 14 straight days. Like some, some teams are doing with the, uh, with a test that they did this weekend. You have some teams that were there that just got there Friday and they're going to be there until Monday. So it's, a it's, it's, it, you know, some, some people like it that way. Some people like it the other way. And it's, it, there's not obviously a, a full consensus on which is best, but for USPKS, this obviously is, is working. All right, let's focus on the USPKS for the rest of this broadcast, this, uh, this podcast here. Dave, let's talk numbers. Let's do a breakdown of kind of the numbers we've seen, not only at, at Newcastle, but uh, in USPKS on the whole through the entire season. Well, as we said, this was their best event of the year, drawing 151 entries. Uh, it's the seventh largest event in series history. Uh, but only that it's really the best total they've ever had with only seven classes. Cause previously they've had eight or nine or, or I believe nine was the most they had at one time. Uh, it's the first time they've over, been over 150 marks since the 2016 opener that was at Newcastle. Uh, but the good thing is overall, when you look at the big picture, they had double digits in all seven classes for all three events. Yeah. So, so that, that obviously shows there's, there's a good quality there. With the full IAMI engine program between the the micro, the mini, the X30, and then you add in the K100 for senior and junior, uh, it's a good mixture, uh, and, and it seems to be a, a working thing because there's a lot of kids that uh, that were in the K100 that would typically be at the back of say X30 that were able to kind of you know be able to to race for wins. Uh, so I think that's the one thing the K100 is doing is allowing some of these club guys or regional guys to, to, to take the next step up and be able to learn a little bit better racecraft and be more consistent out there. But, you know, overall looking at the numbers, you know, it was good to see I senior at the 30 mark again. So it was twice this year that we had that where uh, last year it w- wasn't even close to 30. So there's, there's an upswing in that. I think a lot of the junior kids that have moved up helped with that. Uh, junior had its best record uh, with 28, which is nearly double of what they had the, the whole rest of the year. Uh, Mini Swift was 24, which is about normal. Micro Swift at 15. Uh, Masters 18. You know that was the one thing I think that that Mark really said was great to see, and because it was it was an add-on. Uh, really, at the beginning of the year, they were like they had some people that were interested in, in running the three races because again, like you said. It's a limited schedule and it allows guys to travel to different places. And, and the Masters averaged 18 races, racers per, per event. So uh, that's something they can build on too. And something they, they provided IAMI ticket for. Uh, Mark and, and Eric Jones with IAMI USA East got together and decided, you know what, we're going to award the Masters champion with IAMI international final ticket. So uh, that was a good addition to, uh, to the USPKS program for, the, for this season. Yeah, David, you know, we spoke a lot about how we believe that Masters is so important. You know, you, you get a lot of people that think it's the junior categories uh, that are more important in the sport because if you build those junior categories up, then 
you know, you're going to see those guys eventually go into the senior classes. But when we're talking at the Scusa Pro Tour level, or you're talking at the uh, the USPKS level, a lot of the times those young drivers are prepping themselves. They've got career aspirations, right? They're spending a lot of money on karting. They're good at it. They want to try cars, whether it's open wheel formula cars, they want to head into sports cars or stock cars, whatever it may be. A lot of the times they won't make it into the senior. And then of course the master's categories. And I've said, and I spoke about it many times. I don't like the juniorfication of karting. It's something that always worries me too much of a focus on juniors because yeah, they're there. I would prefer to focus on seniors because if you look at the history of karting, you know, karting was essentially made for adults in the, in the, in the beginning. And when you have a really strong senior category and even master's category where the young kids can look up and kind of admire and, you know, some of their heroes are the, are the badasses that are, you know, the top of the EKN rankings because they're the best drivers in the country. I like that focus. And I also love having masters because again, you just said, David, there's almost 20, right? 17, 18 and 18 entries in the three races, very consistent for the masters category. And I think it'll probably grow for 2019 now that it's established. And as you said, got a ticket to, to the IAMI International Final as well. Real focus and support for the master's classes. It is. And you're right on the juniorfication because we're seeing a lot of these kids in, in open wheel cars right now that really should still be in junior class or if not their first year in senior. And it's, you know, it's sad to see you know, some of these kids just go there and, and, and kind of almost waste their talents in car racing because really they're not going to go anywhere until, until they get that type of Lance Stroll or uh, a Frucci money backing them up, you know? <laughs> I mean, that's really what it boils down to. You know, the funny thing too is look at the drivers, the ex-carters, the graduated carters, look at the guys who are having the most success and how old are they? They're not 14. They're not 13. They're not even 15. The most success is the Oliver Askews, the Kyle Kirkwoods, you know, the Dakota Dickersons, those guys that Jake kind of Craig. broke in. It's, and Jake Craig, perfect example. Jake Craig. He's old enough you know, to drink, Kel- I think. <laughs> Kel- and Kellen Ritter leading the points up in the Toyo uh, F 1600 series in Canada. And we've got Craig right behind him. Craig's what? Yeah. Greg's 21 or 20 or 21. And, and then you've got uh, Kellen at 17. So you make your debut when you're an adult, run a couple of races, at least a young adult, run a couple of races um, you know, in the, in senior, like a couple, at least one or two years in senior, I believe you'll make a better transition into cars when you do that. And I think you probably agree with me. As yeah. Well. I mean, we're, you see it in sports car racing as well, too. There's no, there's yep. no more phenoms anymore. There really isn't. The only phenoms you have are either a second generation driver because he has his name or a, a, a guy with, with billions of dollars willing to take his kid wherever he can. Agreed. Agreed. All right. There's the overview. David Cole, uh, Kind of breaking things down for us early here on the United States Pro Kart Series finale, the Hoosier Grand Prix that took place uh, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, Newcastle Motorsports Park. This is the uh, EKN Debrief, episode number 30. Stick with us. When we come back on this side of the break, David's going to give us the paddock pass. Have a look inside the paddock, what happened off the racetrack at Newcastle. When it comes to close racing, a professional program, and plenty of good old-fashioned fun, Midwest racers know the Route 66 Sprint Series is the place to be. With three classic old-school tracks left in the 2018 championship chase, the wheel-to-wheel action will be enough to satisfy anyone's adrenaline fix. In August 17th through 19th, visit to Concept Hauler's Motor Speedway in Norway, Illinois, is next up for the Route 66 Series. The series then heads to Dousman, Wisconsin, and the newly expanded Wolf Paving Raceway, home of the Badger Car Club, for a September 7th through 9th event. 
Wrapping up the racing action will be an October 5th to 7th visit to the Mid-State Car Club in Springfield, Illinois. And don't forget to mark your calendars for a championship banquet like no other when we cap it all off in Springfield, Illinois at the Crown Plaza on December 1st. There's a reason the Route 66 series consistently has some of the biggest and best fields in karting. Come join the fun and find out for yourself. Get more info at Route66CartRacing.com. That's Route66CartRacing.com. Introducing ePartrade, electronic performance and racing trade. ePartrade is the revolutionary new web-based trade-only product sourcing platform that works 24-7 to connect performance parts suppliers with racing business professionals around the world. Find new products and technologies all year long, accessible everywhere, from anywhere, 24-7. eBartrade is the only product sourcing platform as innovative and fast-paced as the racing market itself. eBartrade is the fastest, most efficient, and cost-effective way to introduce new parts and services to the worldwide racing trade while they're red-hot, allowing builders, race teams, retailers, engineers, and other verified racing businesses to access them from anywhere in the world, day or night. The world is changing, and we're changing with it. Welcome to the future. ePartrade, the global online platform for the performance and racing industry. Visit us at www.epartrade.com, or you can reach us at 323-870-9300. Welcome back to episode number 30 of the EKN Debrief. My name is Rob Howden, joined as always by David Cole, who was trackside at the USPKS finale at Newcastle Motorsports Park. Time to jump into the Paddock Pass, presented by Rawlison Performance Group. At the Rawlison Performance Group, we strive for ultimate success. We're more than just an arrive-and-drive race team with countless wins at the national and regional level. Our focus is on complete driver development, and that's where the success is fueled. We combined one-on-one coaching, on-track instruction, and intensive data debriefing with unparalleled cart and engine prep. Our program will help you raise your game. We'll take you to the next level. If that's your goal, RPG needs to be your next move. All right, David Cole, let's talk Paddock Pass. Uh, Of course, lots going on. Uh, Yeah, it's a USPKS finale. Championships on the line. Uh, Hardcore racing, prepping for the Summer Nationals. But, man, there's championships on the line, and... uh, People can get aggressive. Let's talk a little bit about what happened in the paddock. Give me a scoop. Well, there wasn't too much going on in the paddock. Uh, you know, everybody was kind of really focused on what was going on during the weekend. A uh, cool story was obviously CRG Nordam being there, uh, making the trek up from Texas to get ready for the summer nationals, bringing their teams and drivers or their their drivers up there to get ready. Uh, Brendan Baker being one of them, Tyler Max and another, and a couple others as well. Uh, but the cool thing about it was you and Jeffrey from CRG Nordam was actually traveling between Newcastle and the G and J Cartway in Ohio for the cup carts, North America event that was going on at the same time. So luckily they were racing at night. So we kind of came over to Newcastle during the, during the morning hours and then hopped in a car and drove the two hours, I think over into Ohio and, and hung out with, <laughs> you know, some of his CRG four cycle, uh, uh, customers that he had go, uh, racing on over there. So it was cool to see, see kind of him uh, multitasking the weekend. Yeah. That's a bit of dedication and some commitment. I like to see that because 
two, of course, different disciplines of the sport, both sprint, but you know, you got the two cycle at USPKS and of course the Briggs 206 op, you know, Operation Grassroots program, which is so popular uh, at the Cup Carts North America event at G&J. That's, uh, I love it. I like the fact that they went back and forth and, to make sure the CRG customers were happy. That's cool. Yeah, that's the it's a it's the the model that they're really trying to build here. You know, it's something we I drove last year, uh, about a year ago, uh, and you know, really happy with the way it drove, and and so they're really trying to build up uh, that market uh, for the CRG brand because obviously we know it's good in shifter, it's good in the tag, uh, and so now they're trying to really build up the the, the four cycle program here in the United States because we know over in Europe and Italy where they're building the uh, the CRG. Uh, championship program that they have going on. It's it's really doing well over there. Yeah, the Briggs Championship in Italy, very cool. Obviously, the jump from the CRG rental cart program, the four, like the four higher rental cart racing program, then you jump into the Briggs uh, 206 program, and then, of course, moving on from there if you want to. But yeah, it's, I you know, you and I both love seeing the, the 206, the Briggs program kind of spread its wings throughout the, the world now internationally. And I think that, uh, it's just breaking down the barrier of entry. We, we can talk all day long about the fact that that affordable engine package, which gives you a cheaper, uh, you know, brand new race ready package that of course makes it even, even more affordable use package. It's great to see CRG on board with that. That's I think a big thing for the sport. Yeah. Though. And one real major topic that I kind of got, you know, into discussions with on, with people throughout the weekend was obviously the pushback bumper. Uh, this being the second year that USPKS has been utilizing it, you know, um, it, it obviously has its pros and cons. And one of the major cons that that was pointed out right from the beginning was the non-avoidable contact on track causing a bumper to push in. Obviously, contact happens in racing. We know it. It will happen. But the problem is, is when the contact isn't worthy of a penalty, it's still a penalty because the bumper gets pushed pushed in or say a driver hit a curb or, you know, people were trying to blame, I believe a couple weeks ago at, at, at South Bend, people were trying to blame a puddle going through a puddle, pushed back the bumper. It's just, you know, it, 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 people need to understand this is the, this is the downside of running these pushback bumpers. If there's a con, if there's contact and it gets pushed in there, there's no way to say, Oh, well that one, that one was okay. You don't, you don't get a penalty. There's no possible way yep. to do that until you review all the video footage that you bring in and it makes it more of a pain in the ass to do. And it's just, it's a hassle. It really is because it's, it's plain and simple. It's like a no go, no type deal with, with a bumper. It's either pushed in or it's not pushed in. And the reason for it is because we have such horrible racecraft over the last couple of years. If people weren't driving like jackasses, we wouldn't have to go <laughs> to the pushback bumper. So, Overall, though, David, are you seeing when you're let's just start USPKS? We, we'll talk about this in the debrief for the summer nats as well next week. Are is the USPKS seeing cleaner racing and are they seeing better starts? Well, the starts is is the major reason of why they did this. Uh, we no longer see the guy from 20th trying to get to first in the first opening corner. We're no longer seeing that, yeah. so that that's good. We did have one, one issue in the final. Uh, race for IME Junior, where the guys just kind of you know lost their heads and just kind of went all over the place, but it happens sometimes. Um, but yeah, so we are seeing the cleaner start, so that's that's the one major plus of this. But again, the, the negative negative side of it is guys have to drive a little bit more cautious. So 
in the senior categories, it's not a big problem because we know the, the good drivers know how to drive. It's, 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 it's from 10th on back, you know, that's where you see some of the crazy moves and, and, and not smart decisions type deals. But overall, you know, the pushback bumper was to eliminate the start issues that we've had with the larger fields. And with IME pro being at 30 and we had no issues all weekend long, I think it goes to show that that part of it does work. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, one of the things about USPKS, and this is probably the best time to bring it up as we uh, wrap up the paddock pass here from their finale. Mark Coach and his crew, they have done a tremendous job year in and year out with their with their prize package. They've always put together a, an awesome trophy table uh, at the end of this for the end of the season. But man, just so much stuff up for grabs. And of course, you throw in the IAMI International Finals tickets as well. Just a really just a really cool deal, this USPKS. It is. you know, And this year, the prizes and awards nearly totaled $70,000 that they gave away on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, that included the four IAMI tickets for senior, junior, mini, and masters. And like, as we said, masters was added the week of the event, uh, thanks to IAMI USA East for that. Um, they had free entries for the 2019 season, uh, free engines from IAMI USA for both x30 and uh mini and micro uh parts were also awarded to some of the fourth and fifth place drivers as well as mg tires um i think one of the coolest things that that even one of the champions said was the the coolest thing he got was a a a brand new grill uh that uh, (laughs) the series gave away one grill per class uh each driver all the drivers who raced in all three events got thrown in a hat and they were drawn randomly so it could have you know could have been the seventh driver in the championship won a grill or or in one case the champion actually won a grill so uh that was probably one of the cooler prizes that i think a lot of people were talking about yeah a good side benefit when the uh, series promoter owns a a fireplace and uh, and barbecue grill shop well i think he even bribed some (laughs) of his workers he's like hey i'll give you a free grill if you come work for me and i think that kind of happened with one (laughs) one guy but as you, like as you said, good. the champion trophies, I mean, they were almost bigger than the micro drivers and, and almost heavier than the micro drivers. So that was, that was, you know, that was one of the cool things because it's a trophy that that's big and obviously will not be one you can throw in the dumpster anytime soon. I always say I like a championship trophy that you can't take on the plane with you home. Yeah, this, this might, it might, <laughs> it might uh, be considered heavy and have to get the orange yep. tag and yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. I hear you. That's a good... That's a, that's Probably needs its own case. <laughs> wow. Nice. All right, folks. That's the uh, the Paddock Pass. Some cool information. Just kind of overview from David Cole. After this break, it's time to hit the race report. David's going to work his way through the categories, uh, the racing at Newcastle Motorsports uh, Park. So stick with us. We'll be right back. Fresh off of two USPKS Drivers National Championships and the Team Championship, Nitro Kart has some very exciting news for the youngest racers just getting started. The all-new Nitro Kart Kid Kart. Now, beginning racers can enjoy the same kind of championship-winning performance as Cadet Kart drivers. Designed in the USA and manufactured in Italy, the Nitro Kart Kid Kart features the same premium quality and engineering you've come to expect from Nitro Kart. Kid Karts are in stock now, so order yours today. Hi, this is Hayden Jones, Team Nitro Kart driver number 716 in KA100 Junior and X30 Junior. I just won my first national event and I couldn't have done it without Nitro Kart support. Nitro Kart has a few arrive and drive spots open for the cadet classes at Skuza Supernats. 
the Help Me Win and they'll help you too. For details, contact Nick Tucker at 704-818-7868. Look forward to seeing you at the track. Now let's hear what the experts have to say about Nitro Kart. Welcome back to episode number 30 of the EKN Debrief. Rob Howden alongside David Cole here on the EKN Radio Network. Of course, this show being presented by IAMI USA. Uh, we're getting ready to rock and roll here to t- talk about race reports. So let's actually get to the wheel-to-wheel from the USPKS finale at Newcastle Motorsports Park. The race report today presented by TB Cart USA. Quality, innovation, and a commitment to success. That's TB Cart USA. As the importer for these Italian-built chassis, TB Cart USA has a full lineup of models for all categories, including their race-winning S55 chassis for Yamaha KA100 and TAG competition, and the S197 for shifter drivers. If you're a Briggs 206 racer, don't settle for anything less than a TB Cart. Their purpose-built four-cycle chassis is based on their proven TB Cart S55 geometry and is racking up wins in Florida and beyond. TB Cart is also a leader in rental carts with many different models to choose from. For more, inf- uh, for more information, check them out online at tbcartusa.com. All right, David, jump into the deep end. Let's uh, let's kick things off with IAMI Senior. Well, IAMI Senior was a near-perfect weekend for Brandon Jarzakrak, who was able to win his third and fourth main events in a row to defend his championship. Uh, Saturday was a sweep over Alex Bertignoli and Austin Garrison and what was a really great race between those three. Uh, it was the same story on Sunday. This time, Bertignoli broke up the perfect weekend, uh, scoring the fast time in qualifying. Jarge Crack came back to win the pre-final and final uh, to become the first repeat champion in USPKS IME Pro history. Uh, Garrison ran second with Zach Holden actually uh, joining in on the fun, completing the podium. That's cool. Uh did the, the nickname come out at all? They call it, did, you, did you drop the money line for, for Jarzak? No, no, we, you know, the, the finishes were a little close, so there was no time to celebrate. Even on Saturday, I think, I think that, you know, he even said, if I would have celebrated, I probably would have lost. So, <laughs> so we didn't pull out money. We, I mean, we obviously did after the races and stuff like that, but, uh, but Tim did say his hometown, and I know that's your favorite. Oh, the Shillington slingshot. There Love that. Yeah. Love that. Uh, but you know what? Brandon's obviously just uh, simply put one of the best single speed kart racers in the country. And he's uh, in that handful of guys that you know when you show up. Uh, if he's on his game, he's going he's to battle for race wins. Um, what about uh, Iami Jr.? Again, we always like to see these young kids that are kind of developing, hoping, as we said before, to see them eventually move to X30 Senior and jump into the primary spotlight. But uh, give us a scoop on on how Iami Jr. shook down at Newcastle. Well, I think the tallest driver we have in the paddock is Jeremy Fairburn. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's running Iami Jr. So I think yeah, he's on he's on that cusp of uh, moving up to the senior ranks. But uh, he looked to have a near perfect weekend as well too in uh, in the category. Uh, he was a two time winner at GoPro, won both heat races on Saturday and the main event uh, over Canadian Justin Arsenault and Luca Mars. Uh, broken throttle, though, however, on Sunday cost him a chance at the fourth straight uh, victory in the series. Uh, so he was out uh, within the first opening lap. Uh, that allowed uh, Luca Mars and since uh, I can't say it, Santiago Cristini. Uh, I can say it. I just hit a hit a wall there. You know, sometimes it, it happens. happens. You know, it's it happens, it's like man. racing indoor carts. 
<laughs> you can hit a wall every once yeah, in a while. So those two were able to pull away, and uh, Mars actually ended up winning the battle over Trezzini. Uh Nicholas Turaki placed third, which was able to allow him to secure the championship and the IMA ticket to join uh, Jarza Crack in France. Nice, nice. Consistency always wins titles, baby. Yeah, no, yeah, no, uh, no victories for Turlucky, but uh, again, it because it was a crazy season in the junior category. Obviously, with twenty eight drivers there in the finale, it was kind of anybody's game. But uh, yeah, two podiums this season uh, for Turlucky uh, in his junior rookie season. So good, good way to finish up and be interesting to see how he does in France. Yeah, it's pretty darn impressive. I like to see that. And again, you know, consistency when you can come out and deliver, even if it's not race wins. If you're delivering, you're there for the whole program. Uh, good and, on uh, Turlucky for winning that. And that another deal. championship for Merlin. I believe this is the fourth straight year yeah. that they've wrapped up the junior championship in this in the series. Easily the most underrated chassis in the sport. Oh, of course. Would you agree with me? Like it's just the amount of championships that Franklin Motorsports. And, and Merlin chassis have won. You'd think that they, you know, they'd be all over the country because they just they've won so many championships in the junior categories and even in the senior classes as well. So it's it's surprising to me that it doesn't have more momentum, the Merlin. But uh, they just keep I guess winning it's championships. It's like Polish Polish sausage. You kind of just gotta like the taste of it. You know, some people don't. I don't know. <laughs> Where the hell did Wisconsin, that come from? Eh? Come on, Polish. Come on, sausage. Oh, I hear you. It's a it's, it's a, a brat. Yeah, Polish sausage. It's a brat. You got Lodge right right here. Super. Oh, yeah, super. Let's move on to uh, Manny Swift, right? (laughs) See, you sound, yeah, you sound like a (laughs) youper. You got to sound more Wisconsin. Oh, sorry. All right. Manny Swift. Hey, let me just, let me just hazard a guess. Did Brent Cruz score a win? Yeah, he did, actually. Uh, (laughs) It is. Not surprising. It's not. You know, being the reigning IAMI International Final Champion, uh, Cruz obviously is one of the top cadet drivers in the world. Uh, him and Jace Park yeah. actually in uh, split the victories on the weekend. Cruz won Saturday in a close battle against uh, his Nitro Kart teammate Sebastian Ng, with Christian Miles making his Kart Republic debut, fighting back to third after uh, winning heat thir- heat number one. Sunday was Cruz and Park at the front. Uh, Park got shuffled back early in the final, but was able to catch up back to Cruz. And the two went side by side for photo finish uh, at the line, with Park edging out Cruz for the victory, his first of the series, uh, first career, I believe, and the first major uh, karting series, I believe, as well, too. So it was a big win for Park and uh, Jim Russell Jr. and the Paralyn brand. Yeah, Jerry, uh, Jace Park's one of those kids, I think we're really watching his development. It's it's one of those kind of meteoric things, right? He's just really picking things up, of course, working with, with Jim Russell Jr., as you said, and it just seems like Every time he's on track, he's just learning, getting quicker, and and just kind of kind of coming into his own here at the end of the season. Well, I think it's just the the simple case of the more you are on track, the more comfortable you become, and the more yeah. consistent you can be. Uh, and he, he probably had a win, a possible win on Saturday was fighting Cruz early on in the day, but uh, dropped a wheel in the first opening heat and just wasn't able to catch luck his way uh, the rest of the day. But uh, you know, again. Uh, I think he obviously, you know, people always say, well, it's, it's the engine, it's the chassis. No, it's really the kid just being more comfortable and consistent with what they are able to do behind the wheel. Agreed. Agreed. So Jeremy Fletcher wins the battle for third on Sunday. Let's talk championship. Who was able to come away with the crown? Well, as we talked about in junior, it was uh kind of consistency that won it in mini swift, 
with California driver Kai Sorensen uh, able to secure the title and the IME ticket. Only standing on the podium once in the six races, but still consistency uh, over the six races that they counted uh, got him the title. Very nice. Now, you mentioned IAMI Masters and how they had some really consistent numbers throughout the season. Uh, I expect to see some great racing at the Summer Nats this weekend, too, in the, in the Masters category. Let's talk, uh, let's talk Masters. Give us a scoop on, on, on who, uh, who was the driver to beat in, in Masters at Newcastle. Well, I think a guy you'll see this weekend that was up top at the USPKS was Scott Roberts. Uh, the Florida driver swept the day on Saturday. Uh, took his second straight victory after uh, scoring the victory on Sunday at GoPro. Uh, he was able, able to edge out Scott Kopp at the line uh, with point leader Lorenzo Mardan of Technocart USA in the third spot. Uh, Sunday kind of was the same thing, except this time Darren Marcus decided to join the fun, uh, making his uh, first master start, which got, has got to be hilarious for you. <laughs> Thanks a lot. I mean, I mean, come on, how, I mean, yeah. think about it. When, when I first started helping you out with the magazine and the website, he was racing Super Pro That's in right. Jacksonville for, for first, first, first cart. You're right. You're right. Oh, listen, you know, da- yeah, it doesn't feel as much with Darren. All I know up, up here, if, if I go masters racing up here in Ontario, anywhere, you know, in, in the Briggs up here, the kids I'm racing against are the guys when I first started in this sport. As a journalist, I covered them in like the cadet classes, right? And now I have to yeah. race against them in masters. That makes me feel old. Not so much Darren, Darren, Darren Marcus. Okay. I, I can live with that one. You know, Darren was at least a teenager. Right. Uh, it's the kids I got to race against to drive me crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, so Marcus uh, bounced back from uh, engine issues on Saturday, was able to win the pre-final and the final, uh, driving away from Roberts and Cop. Uh, to join them on the podium or for, to complete the podium. Mardan was able to secure enough points uh, to claim the championship and the IME ticket. So he'll round out the USPKS team and join Team USA. Pretty cool deal for Lauren to Mardan. Of course, the, you know, he uh, launching the, the, the Technocart USA program, bringing the Techno back. You, know, you look at some of the guys that have run Technos uh, in, in years past, like Jensen Button. Uh, it's cool to see him get that championship right out of the box with the Techno. Uh, they're able to get a title in the USPKS. I think that's a, a cool deal for Lauren to Mardan. Uh, all right, folks, we got what one, two, three more classes still to come, I believe. Stick with us. When we get back after this break, we're going to continue with the TB Cart USA race report for episode number 30 of the EKN Debrief. Cometic Gasket is a leading worldwide supplier of gaskets and engine sealing solutions for karting, automotive performance, power sports, original equipment, and the remanufactured engine industries. Kemetic karting gaskets are available as OE replacement top-end kits or as individual gaskets and seals. Just like competitive carters, Kemetic can operate on the fly and has the unique capability to customize any gasket to meet specific engine requirements and clearances. All of Kemetic's fiber materials are asbestos-free and do not require any additional sealants. Viton oil ring cylinder head seals are used in each two-cycle kit, and Kemetic's four-cycle engine kits feature only the most advanced multi-layer steel head gaskets. Kemetic can tailor to engine builder-specific needs through bulk ordering and packaging flexibility. Kemetic gaskets are must-haves for championship-winning teams across multiple disciplines of both professional and amateur motorsports. Kemetic gasket. 
ceiling championships since 1989. Looking for that extra edge? Comet Racing Engines is your answer. The engine service program from Comet Kart Sales has been winning from coast to coast at all levels and different forms of the sport. Lead engine builders Mark Harrison and Gary Lawson have decades of karting experience, providing racers the power to reach the top step of the podium. Comet Racing Engines continually perform track and dyno tests to provide their customers with the cutting edge in engine performance. Comet specializes in Yamaha KT100, IAMI Swift, IAMI X30, IAMI Leopard, and Rock engines. Trackside and customer support are the cornerstones of the Comet Racing Engines business, ensuring each and every customer receives personal attention and the help they need to achieve the best results. Engine rentals are available at all the events that Comet attends in 2018, including WKA, SCUSA, USPKS, and the Route 66 Sprint Series. Contact the Comet team today at CometCartsales.com or by calling 317-462-3413. If you're looking to step up your engine program, send it to Comet Racing Engines. Welcome back to the EKN Debrief here on the EKN Radio Network. Again, David Cole breaking down the finale for the United States Pro Kart Series, the Hoosier Grand Prix from Newcastle Motorsports Park. Do want to remind you, if you have not yet done this, download the EKN Radio Network app for your mobile device to be able to get the the, uh, the network 24-7 anywhere you are. Plus, make sure that you uh, you subscribe to us on iTunes as well. Uh, that way, you'll get all the podcasts. We put these podcasts on the radio network first. First opportunity, of course, uh, through uh, the radio network, and then they become available on the podcast. You can get them uh, on the website as well. All right, David Cole, let's uh, let's rock and roll and wrap things up here. Well, next on the docket is the KA100 Senior Division. Uh, great racing all weekend long in this category. With really, there was no way to kind of gamble on who was going to be able to to come out as a as a winner each day. Uh, point leader Zach Hollingshead was able to recover from poor qualifying uh, to go nearly from last to first on the day. Zach stole the victory in the final ahead of Mike McAndrews and Colton Ramsey. Uh, Sunday saw Josh Holtz earn fast time in qualifying with McAndrews taking the pre-final win. Ramsey, however, was able to lead wire to wire in the final. And, you know, it was kind of like a battle of who was going to be in second so they could jump over Ramsey. Well, nobody, nobody could stay in second long enough to do that. So Ramsey was able <laughs> to just fend off everybody and, and hold on for his first series victory. Hollingshead was uh, able to secure the second spot and uh, earn the title and become uh, uh, first a senior rookie with a title. And McAndrews uh, ended up finishing that final in third. You know, David, 22 drivers uh, for this final race, 17 in the opener, 22 in round two and 22 in round three. The KA100 most definitely setting you know laying down some roots in the uspks you got to believe that class is going to be 30 plus next year yeah last year's numbers were kind of skewed because they had the first 20 drivers get a free engine if they paid for all four uh entry fees so this year was it's on its own and obviously proved to be uh, a worthy category and i think you're going to see a lot of the you know some of the local club drivers that race Yamaha looking at this engine package and looking at this series as 
man, that would doubt, you know, to have, you know, say nine drivers, I think we're in the lead pack at one time on Sunday uh, to be able to race in something like that is, is pretty cool. I love it. That's uh, that's what we need, man. It's we've talked about the K100. We, you know, you believe in the Yamaha. I love the Yamaha. People still love the Yamaha, but it just doesn't seem to have that panache right now where people are, you know, want to run it on the regional slash national level, right? It's just, it doesn't seem to have people excited. This is exciting people and it's, it's providing that gap, that, that, that engine that we need between 206 and, you know, the X30 or, you know, any of the, uh, of the top tag engines, right? So it's just, it's getting in there and it's at the price points there, the performance is there, the reliability is there. Uh, I just think we're going to see this engine continue to get more and more uh, popular and, and just get more drivers jumping on board. Yeah, definitely. As you said, the price point and the uh, the performance of the engine is is in between the the tag engines or the the one twenty five cc tag engines and the the Briggs engine for sure. So that's and then again, now we're having the junior categories uh, build up, and so when those you know drivers start building up, they can then move up in the senior, which the fields become even bigger. So uh, it's definitely has room for potential. Well, and the interesting thing, and it's it may not be across the board, this isn't a blanket statement, but the cool thing about it, if you're a driver in 206, or you're a driver potentially uh, in KA100, because of its affordability, you're probably not moving on to cars, you know, for the most part, right? You may look at it, but you may not have the funding to be able to jump into a, you know, a quarter million dollar program to go run cars. It's that expensive. So the juniors you see in KA100 will probably be a senior in KA100 as well. At least a majority of them, I would think. For sure, yeah, and I we we even saw a couple of drivers try to do both IME Junior and K one hundred Junior, but it's such a big gap difference be, with the performance because one you're you're on different tires, a slower engine, so it it, it doesn't really help you uh, to do both. I mean, it can help a new person if they if they choose to just to kind of you know a learn a racetrack. You know, we see that with uh, Zachary Hollingshead. We're in uh, IME Senior and KA100 Senior. So it kind of helped him learn the track a lot more to do both. Uh, but but chassis-wise and, and, and driving-wise, they're two completely different styles. All right, let's uh, speaking of KA100, let's wrap it up. We just, you gave us the, the whole lowdown on Senior. What, uh, what transpired in the junior category? Well, Jacob Graham became the inaugural class champion. As we said, this is the first year that they had the junior category at USPKS. Uh, Graham was able to win on Saturday, uh, joined by Eric Evans and Spencer Lofton on the podium. Sunday, Garrett Adams actually took the checkered flag in the main event, but a bumper penalty dropped him to third, something we've seen with Austin Garrison twice this year. So nothing new there. Uh, His penalty gave Hayden Jones his first series victory. And also moved uh, Max Apolsky up into the second spot on the podium. Nice. So K100, a pretty pretty good run, as you said, Jacob Graham. Congratulations on winning that inaugural class championship for K100 Junior. Let's wrap up the race report again, brought to you by TB Cart USA with Micro Swift. Well, you, you may have heard this name before. <laughs> ben Mayer. I'm not sure. Are you familiar with it? Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah so, I, think I've, I think I've heard of him. So Ben Mayer yep. was able yep. to earn his third and fourth wins on the season at US, USBKS to earn the title. Uh, Mayer swept on Saturday, joined by Hoyt Moore and Spencer Conrad on the podium. On Sunday, Mayer kind of struggled a little bit, but found his way to the front in the final 
and was able to claim the victory ahead of Moore and Artin Grimm. So it was another good weekend. For okay. Him. So, yeah. So Ben Mayer, is it, is it, is it one race weekend this year where he hasn't, yeah, he hasn't got one. at least one win? Just one, right? Otherwise, this kid has won at least one main event at every race he's been at so far this year. And now we're rolling into August. Of course, the first half of the season is essentially done. That just that just blows my mind because there, there is a ton of talent in this micro swift category as well. And for him to have that kind of consistency of being able to win races, that's uh, that's pretty damn impressive. Well, again, like we talked about with Jace Park, I think it's just he's obviously comfortable in the cart. Uh, he's in the cart nearly every weekend. Uh, so it's, it's kind of like the Brent Cruz thing. You know, you're in the cart every weekend, all the time driving something. Um, I believe he's starting to drive some, some dirt stuff, uh, coming up soon. So, you know, this the kid just loves to get behind the wheel and drive anything. And, you know, you know, it kind of reminds me of David back in the day in the, in the two thousands when Sage Karam was running in cadet and it almost seemed like at the stars of karting events, he would just win at will. You know what I mean? He'd get himself to second spot and you just knew the move was coming somewhere on the final lap and he'd make the move for the lead and go on to win. It was just such a level of comfort and confidence with Sage at that point in his career. Um, and it kind of seems like Ben's that same way. You know, he's just so comfortable, like you said, lots of seat time, but and so comfortable with his team, with his cart, with his engine package, the confidence. He just seems like he's just, you know, will make that run for the lead eventually. Uh, sometime during the weekend. Yeah. Uh, David Malukas, uh, Brandon Lemke, uh, Dylan Tavella, yeah. same type of uh, driving styles where they're, they're, you know, they're, they don't beat up their equipment. They, they, they find the right positions they need to be in. And if they make a mistake, they, they bounce back really quick. So, um, you know, definitely uh, he'll be one to watch uh, in the coming years for sure. So, folks, David Cole is just giving you essentially a full breakdown of the USPKS finale, the Hoosier Grand Prix at Newcastle Motorsports Park. Of course, that season uh, event wrapping up at the end of July. This is episode number 30 of the debrief. So we're going to cap it off. Uh, We were just looking back. Now we're going to look forward. This is the EKN Trackside Live race calendar presented today by Precision Karting Technologies. With over 40 years of manufacturing experience, Precision Karting Technologies is the leader in American-made components. They produce high-quality products led by their full full line of chromoly and mild steel axles. Metric or imperial, standard or custom, they have what you need. Collars, keys, bearings, they're the source for axle components in the USA. With over 70 dealers throughout the USA and Canada, it's easy to choose PKT. Family-owned and operated, proudly made in the USA. All right, David, uh, I hazard to say that we're kind of getting close to the the, the the stretch run of the EK and Trackside Live Tour for 2018. Uh, we've got, what, five events still to go to get us through to the streets of Lancaster Grand Prix. Then we got a bit of a gap. Uh, I think you have one more race to jump into in October, and then it's the Super Nats. So we're definitely into the stretch run, but uh, you and I both hitting the road on Thursday, uh, August 10th, 11th, 12th, the finale for the Supercarts USA Pro Tour the Summer Nationals at Newcastle. I think you told me, uh, what, 239 pre-entries, something like that? Yep, 239 pre-entries. Um, lots of IAMI Senior and IAMI Junior drivers. A uh, little bit of a struggle with the stock Honda categories, as we've we've mentioned throughout the year. Yep. But actually, S2, S2 looks to be up this weekend, so that's a good positive for that. Nice. But uh, overall, yeah, it's going to be 
It's going to be a long, but thankfully, I don't think it's going to be too hot of a weekend. <laughs> David's going to get a couple of weekends off. I'm uh, I'm out to a wedding after that. Then I go to the uh, Road to Indy events and IndyCar events at Gateway. And then I go to Portland for IndyCar and the the, the uh, Mazda Road to Indy presented by Cooper Tires finale. I'm excited about that. The finale is going to be awesome. A lot of carters that we've watched come up through the ranks are going to be battling for championships in Portland. But David, a part of me, little part of me, is going to be at Rock Island with you. You ready for that? Labor Day weekend, September 1st and 2nd, the Rock Island Grand Prix. Man, always a great event. Briggs, of course, uh, Yamaha, Tag, Shifters, King of the Streets looks like it's dialing up again. Are you excited to get to Rock Island? Definitely. Always. I always, I always look forward to uh, hitting the quad cities. You know, I haven't been to that steakhouse. I know I, th- I forgot when we mentioned it, but uh, oh, it, you mentioned it during the uh, industry insider he had with Roger. Yeah. Uh, with the Roger steakhouse Rutter. that we used to go to every Friday. So, uh, but yeah, I, I, I look, really look forward to it. This is my 14th straight time going to the rock Island. So 2004 was my first year. Wow. So, um, Def, always look forward to it. See all the uh, the same people that race there year in and year out. And, uh, yep, definitely uh, excited to be back there with Tim Coyne on the mic again as well, too. Yeah, Tim uh, has stepped up and, and taken over the mic. He's the voice of the Rock Island Grand Prix after I had to leave to, to go do my Road to Indy stuff. But uh, I'm sure you guys all have a blast. Uh, a couple of weeks off after that, David, for you, uh, September 14th, 15th, 16th, WK Manufacturers Cup. Hey, at Newcastle again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, again, you, if you don't go to Newcastle three times in a year, you're making a big mistake, right? Oh man. Yeah. So, yep. so man cup. Yep, yep. It'll be my third trip there. Uh, let's see who will be on. Oh, um, Eric Brennan will be on the mic that weekend. Um, it's not the series finale, so it'll be, uh, it'll be an interesting weekend because school has started. Uh, so I'm not sure how big of a weekend it will be, but again, you know, could be wrong. Could be, maybe people will want to be there. Not sure. I really, you know, that the, that event kind of scares me to be honest. Yeah, I know. It's, it'll be interesting. As you said, there's just so many races, six races in the manufacturer's cup. You've talked about it many times about how there's just too many races. Uh, one thing I didn't mention, and it's not on our official ECAN trackside live tour, but the week before that, uh, which will be the 7th or the 8th and 9th, I believe, of September. So I, I'm working on it now. I may be heading back to Bermuda. Skitchy Barnes wants me to come out and, and race again and potentially announce their opening round of their series. So I could be uh, I could be at Bermuda to do a little racing uh, out there at the, their track. The, uh, I think it's called Rubus Southside Speedway. I'm really, uh, really but starting what I to am, like you. What's that? Yeah, it's going to be a struggle heading out there to Bermuda. Have a couple of rum swizzles. Maybe Monday, jump on to Skitchy's boat, the Hakuna Matata, do some fishing. It'll be tough, yeah. Dave. <laughs> yeah, really starting out to like you. Uh, you know who's a great fisher? Fisher, fisherman or fisherwoman, then, right? Exactly. My yeah. daughter. She caught six of them the, during what? vacation. What? They're, obviously, they weren't bigger than my hand, but she caught Good six. Good for her. Of them. That's not. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So the week after you're at Manufacturers Cup, I'm heading back south. Uh, the finale for the Texas Pro Kart Challenge again. The Dallas Karting Complex in Caddo Mills. Uh, tracks had a lot of big events. Uh, Dave Supercarts USA Pro Tour, Rotax uh, Grand Nationals. Uh, I'm excited to get there. I'm really enjoying being part of this Texas Pro Kart Challenge. A lot of great drivers down there, and just a, you know, just a lot of a lot of passion. And I'll tell you, Gina and Mark French do a great job. They have a great crew. 
and back to Dallas, man. I'm excited. It'll be it'll be awesome. Looking forward to it. Yeah, it'll be an easy weekend for you being just one day of racing. True enough, it's a Saturday, Sunday, and I like what they've done. That's what that's what they've done this year to deal with with kids in school. Uh, the first race was at the end of March. Uh, we were in Houston at, at Alan Rudolph's Speed Sports Racing Park. Practice Saturday, race Sunday. So you have drive in Friday night, practice Saturday. You can drive home on Sunday night. Same thing. Now for the summer races, Friday practice, Saturday and Sunday, double you know double weekend main events like uh, so many big series do. We're back into the season here, September 23rd, 24th, Saturday, or rather 22nd, 23rd, Saturday, Sunday, Saturday practice, Sunday race. I dig it. It's, I think it's a great thing that they're doing uh, to be able to make sure people are, aren't missing school for a regional program. I love it. I wish more would do do it. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Now, David, after that, another Saturday and Sunday event, and the racing is awesome. But, dude, you have waited a long time. September 29th, 30th. Streets of Lancaster Grand Prix, and they have an in and out there. There's many, many There's in many in there. from the airport to the racing facility. That I got to think that is I, the boulevard. Dinner every night, probably, right? At least, you know, if not a lunch, maybe on Saturday too, or at least for, you know, depending <laughs> on when we get there Friday. Again, all these EKN trackside live events we're talking about is where David and I are doing a live broadcast with either me on the mic or Eric Brennan or Tim Coyne, whoever it may be, uh, all, of course, live, uh, available on EKN. Uh, you just got to go to ecardnews.com slash live, or you can get it on your mobile device as well. We're going to work potentially for next year to get it onto the EKN radio network uh, app, make it a lot easier to be able to hear all of our broadcasts. But again, that is the EKN trackside live race calendar brought to you by Precision Karting Technology, Streets of Lancaster. Always love that event, David. Uh, I'm, I'm, I haven't seen the schedule, but I'm assuming they're going to do what they did last year. X30 Senior and the S1 and S2 Shifter guys under the lights on Saturday night. Place is packed. Everybody's loving it. Nothing like Shifter cars under the lights. Very cool atmosphere. And I keep I keep saying I wish more cities like that would get behind karting because it's yeah. not only a great revenue stream, but it's a great way to bring the community together and to bring people from outside the community into the uh, the area and spending lots of money and having a good time and wanting to be there again year after year. Yeah, obviously a, a big chunk of money coming into the you know, the hotels and restaurants and everything that we do when we're there. Um, but yeah, David, you know, we, we don't talk a lot about the Battle of the Boulevard, which is, uh, you know, it's all the, the different people that are raising money uh, and there's the companies are going head to head. They're doing a lot of team building. Of course, the cops and the firemen go head to head. Uh, on the in, in Scusa's uh, rental carts, uh, the guns and hoses battle. Um, it's just a good set. It's a long day for us because we we roll in there at nine o'clock and we probably don't leave until nine or ten at night. Uh, but man, what a just! I love that event. I can't wait to get out there and you know we love it. It's it hopefully won't be as hot as it has in years past. And then you get your in and out fix, which uh, which is a good deal. It's a win win for everybody. Right by the right by the airport too. Land in and out all weekend. Drive back, hotel, Sunday night, in and out burger on Sunday night. Win. Heck yeah. It's, it's a win-win. <laughs> it's a win-win. All right, David, uh, we're looking good here on time. Let's wrap up the uh, a quick wrap-up of the USPKS finale. Your thoughts overall on the season and uh, the final race of the year? Well, a big weekend to wrap up the 2018 season. Uh, we were able to crown uh, – able to award four drivers uh, tickets to represent – uh, the USPKS and Team USA at the AMI International Final in France this October. Uh, and in total, we had, we gave seven drivers uh, 
championships and added them to the history books as a USPKS champion. So, uh, you know, again, the championship weekend, always a great time with USPKS and uh, really looking forward to seeing uh, what they have in store for 2019. Agreed. I, I really, really hope they stick with the three race format. I think that's going to be, I think that's something moving forward that's going to be really good for them. But I think that they've got this great class structure, micro mini, KA for juniors and seniors, uh, IAMI for juniors and seniors and masters. Oh, it's just such a good, clean lineup of, of categories, uh, similar to what they have at, obviously, the Scusa Pro Tour. They just throw in the, the shifter cart classes as well. That We're at least getting to that place, David, where people are understanding that that less is more in terms of class structure. Oh, less, less is definitely more, <laughs> Rob. <laughs> I, I, I brought that up for you, Dave. I know. Less is more in class structure. Less is more when it comes to racing numbers as well because – you know, club racing, regional and national, at every level, you've got to understand that there are drivers that want to straddle. There's club racers that want to race regionally. There's regional racers that want to race nationally. If you run too many races at your club level, you screw your you screw your members out of getting a chance to go challenge themselves against re, you know other club members and at other clubs in regional racing. If you have too many regional races, you're just not going to get guys to come out because they're running on their clubs or they're running nationally already. You've got to be smart. And you have to have the right number of classes. It's David. We could have a whole podcast just on that ourselves. Yeah, we'll do that in September or October. Actually, October. Like we will. We're gonna. There's gonna be some new podcasts coming out, folks. We're gonna have some roundtable podcasts in October, November, and December uh, as we just continue to develop uh, our EKN Radio Network. Well, David, thank you so much, buddy. I appreciate it. I know you had. Uh, we put this on hold a bit while you took the family off on a vacation, much deserved. And I hope you had a good time hanging out at the beach, kind of unplugging from the sport because. Uh, Dude, we're back into it this weekend. Straight in. It's a long, yeah, we're we're almost eastbound and down, except I'm, there's not too much east. But, <laughs> true, uh, true. Westbound and down, right? It's a lot of westbound, but yeah, looking forward to uh, the, the upcoming schedule. Folks, thank you for joining us here on the EKN Radio Network. Episode number 30 of the EKN Debrief. Of course, David Cole giving us all the insight on the USPKS finale at Newcastle Motorsports Park. On behalf of David Cole, my name's Rob Howden. Bye for now. <laughs>